With me this morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at the book of 1 Samuel chapter number 18. 1 Samuel chapter number 18. We'll begin reading with verse number 1. Took me a while to get into the vacation mode. The first two days I was on vacation I spent studying. That's my wife. That's not true. Lord gave me this word, and then one of the Saturdays while we were away, I spent that day preparing uh, the message. I think we've got something today that God wants us to hear. 1 Samuel chapter number 18, we're going to begin reading with verse number 1. Bible says, Now when he had finished speaking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Saul took him that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan took off the robe that was on him and gave it to David with his armor, even to his sword and his bow and his belt. So David went out wherever Saul sent him and behaved wisely. And Saul set him over the men of war, and he was accepted in the sight of all the people, and also in the sight of Saul's servants. Now it had happened as they were coming home, when David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine, that the women had come out of all the cities of Israel, singing and dancing to meet King Saul, with tambourines, with joy, and with musical instruments. So the women sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain his thousands, and David his ten thousands. Then Saul was very angry, and the saying displeased him, and he said, They have ascribed to David ten thousands, and to me they have ascribed only thousands. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So Saul eyed David from that day forward. And it happened on the next day that the distressing spirit from God came upon Saul, and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times, but there was a spear in Saul's hand. And Saul cast the spear, for he said, I will pin David to the wall. But David escaped his presence twice. Now Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him, but had departed from Saul. Therefore Saul removed him from his presence and made him his captain over a thousand. And he went out and came in before the people. And David behaved wisely in all his ways, and the Lord was with him. Verse 15, Therefore, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he was afraid of him. But all Israel and Judah loved David, because he went out and came in before them. And then Saul said to David, Here is my older daughter, Merab. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight the Lord's battles. For Saul thought, let my hand, my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So David said to Saul, who am I and what is my life or my father's family in Israel that I should be son-in-law to the king? But it happened at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David, that she was given to Adriel, the Meholophite, as a wife. Now Michael, Saul's daughter, loved David. And they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. So Saul said, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him, and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore Saul said to David a second time, You shall be my son-in-law. 
today. This morning I want to preach to you from a subject that I don't know if I've ever heard anyone proud. I certainly have never preached from this subject in my entire ministry. But I believe it's a word that God would have for someone and maybe several someones here today. I want to talk to you this morning about insecurity. Insecurity. Father, we love you today and we thank you, Father, for the God. It indeed is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, I just pray for those that may be insecure today. God, I just pray that you'll give them the security that they need, the courage, the faith that they need in their life today. Father, anoint us, enable us, empower us today. Help us to deliver the Word of God as you have to be delivered today, we ask in Jesus' precious name. All of God's people said praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. So I already stated, I want to talk to you today about a subject that I've never talked about as far as uh, entire message before. I want to talk to you today about insecurity. You see, this is something that all of us face or all of us have faced at one time or other in our life. Now for some, it is an everyday battle that affects every single aspect and part of their life. Even Saul, the the king of Israel, battled insecurity. I mean, he's the king. He he has authority and position. Oh, he's number one in command. There is no one over him. He answers to nobody. If anybody had a right to live above insecurity, this man did. And yet, he was insecure. David, an an unknown shepherd boy, barely has enough whiskers to shave once a week, comes out of nowhere and kills the giant of Gath named Goliath. Nobody was willing to fight the giant that day, not even King Saul, but David does and wins. The people of Israel immediately brand David a hero. The women of Israel begin to sing, Saul has slain his thousands, but David his ten thousands. Saul's insecurity immediately shows up and begins to manifest itself. Insecurity always does. Let's talk about insecurity for a while this morning. There are five things about insecurity that I would like to talk to you about today. The first thing I want us to think about and talk about this morning is the cause. What causes insecurity? Well, the causes are varied and and many. The list is is very, very long. Let me just throw out a few of them this morning. First of all, low self-esteem. Low self-esteem. Many people feel inferior to other people. Maybe, maybe you were never affirmed by your father. Your father never gave you the, the, the love and the affection that you so desperately needed as a, as a child because every child needs the affirmation of a father. Your father never gave you his approval, never told you that he loved you, never told you how proud that he was of you. And because of that, because of that you deal with insecurity. Abuse causes low self-esteem. People who are abused as, a, as children sometimes suffer low self-esteem. You see, somehow, somehow they blame themselves for the abuse that they suffered. But hear me clearly this morning, abuse is, is always the fault of the abuser and never the fault of the abused. Perhaps you were a... You were the kid that was always picked 
on at school. There's always one in every class. And maybe that was you. You were the one that always got picked on at school. Maybe you were the one that always got picked last for every sporting game in school. Failure causes insecurity. Perhaps you got fired from your job. Or perhaps you had a business that, that, that failed. Or maybe you had to file for bankruptcy. Maybe your marriage failed and you had to file for divorce. Maybe you didn't divorce at all, but your, but your parents did. And as a child, somehow, somehow you, you thought that it was your fault that mom and dad got divorced. If only I could have been a better child. If only I could have been a better kid. Mom and dad would still be together. Change is a big cause for insecurity. Women are especially vulnerable in this area because they often and most often get their security from, from routine. Same house, same job, same salary, same husband, same family, same friends, same hamburger helper. And then one day the husband loses his job. Or then one day he comes home and says, Honey, we're going to move to Timbuktu. I just got transferred. And he's all excited because he's all about adventure. And he likes it. But to her, her whole world has been turned upside down. And all of a sudden she becomes very insecure. Men are also affected by change. Uh, Perhaps he's been asked by his company to take a new position and now he faces new responsibilities. He has more pressure. He ha- there are higher expectations and he becomes insecure and he asks himself, can I do this? Am I capable? Will I fail? The list of the causes of insecurity is a very long list. I could go on and on and on. Jealousy. Jealousy seems to be the cause of insecurity for King Saul. He has been the one the people respected. He has been the one the women had been singing about. He had been the hero of the past. And now, all of a sudden, the people seem to be transferring their allegiance and their affection to David. Well, the causes of insecurity are many. Let's talk a little bit this morning about the characteristics. The characteristics of insecurity. How do you identify Insecurity. Well, insecurity is revealed in the actions of people. Notice how King Saul reacted toward the instant notoriety of this uh, 17-year-old or so teenage boy named David. Let me give you five characteristics of insecurity that show up in the life of Saul in the way that he treats David. The first one is control. The first characteristic of someone who is insecure is control. Insecure people often demand control. They want to control everything. They want to be in control of everything, even conversations. They want to be in control of them. Oh, oh they, they, they interrupt. Oh, they don't even really listen to you. They're, they're a know-it-all. They're a Barney Fife. How does Saul react to David's 
Instant notoriety. He tries to control David. Verse 2, Saul took him that day. And notice he would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. Saul takes control of David. Won't let him go home to his father Jesse. Takes him out of the hands and the control of his father. And now Saul is going to control or attempt to control You see, insecure people try to control the people that threaten their position and threaten their authority. Another characteristic of insecurity is anger. Verse 8, then Saul was very angry. Insecure people are often very angry people. You see, they feel they have been passed over. They feel they have been treated unfairly, feel like the world has passed them by. Saul was angry because the spotlight no longer was upon him. It had been upon him. But all of a sudden, the spotlight is not on him anymore, but now is focusing upon David, and he becomes angry. Third characteristic I find is jealousy. Verse 8, Saul said, they have ascribed to David ten thousands And only thousands to me. So now what can he have but the kingdom? They're looking to him now. They're focusing upon him. They're talking about him. They're not talking about me anymore. They're talking about him. They used to sing about me, but they don't sing about me. Now they're singing about David. And he becomes jealous. Oh, But you see, Saul forgets one thing. That is, he's still king. He's still king. Friend, a leader must learn that there is room in the heart of the people to love more than one leader. Do you know why the average church in America, the average church in America runs somewhere between 80 and 95? The average church in America can't even get over the 100 mark. And one of the main reasons is, is because that many a pastor uh, cannot relinquish any of his authority. He must be in charge. He must be in control. He must have his hands in everything. And he's not willing to relinquish some of the authority and some of the decisions to other people. I'll never forget a pastor friend of mine who ended up building a mega church. But he said, I remember him teaching one day and talking about the first time that he hired his first associate pastor in his church. And for years it had always been about him. He was the only pastor. Talk about, he was the senior pastor, the associate pastor. He was the only pastor, just one. The church started growing, so he hired an associate pastor. He said he'll never forget... One day as he looked outside of his office one Sunday morning and here came Sister Smith with a beautiful, beautiful, freshly baked apple pie. He said he could smell it from his office. And Sister Smith had always baked him that fresh apple pie. She's walking up the sidewalk. And he said, man, I begin to think about how good that pie was going to be. And he said, man, I begin to salivate just thinking about how good that pie is going to be. Then he said, to my horror, she walked right past my office and gave the pie to the new associate. He said, that's my pie! The 
reason so many churches won't grow is because the pastor has a jealous spirit and won't allow other leaders to get a slice of their pie. And there's room in the heart of people for affection for more than one leader. There can only be but one chief, but there can be many leaders. All the people of Israel had room in their heart to love Saul and love David as well. Number four is fear. Verse 12, now Saul was afraid of David. You see, insecure people battle fear continuously. Oh, they become paranoid. Murphy's Law becomes their constant companion. Saul was afraid that he was going to lose his kingdom to David. And the fifth one is manipulation. From verse 17 on, Saul begins to manipulate David. First of all, he places David in battle, hoping the Philistine army will kill him. He's smart enough to know that if I kill him, the people will kill me. But if I can get him hooked up with an army and get him on the front line, then uh, the, the Philistines will kill him. I'll be number one again. They'll look back at me again. He promises David manipulation. He promises David one of his daughters for a wife, but pulls a switch at the last minute and and gives him another instead. And this is why he does it. Verse 21, Saul said, I will give her to him. And this is the reason that she may be a snare to him. Ah, Saul is in manipulation now. Insecure people manipulate. Oh, they they like to manipulate people. Oh, they like to make things happen in certain ways and make things happen in certain ways in people's lives. We've talked about the causes of insecurity. Talked a little bit about the characteristics of insecurity. Let's talk a little bit about the, the consequences. And there are consequences that accompany insecurity. Three things that, uh, that I find right here in this story. Number one, this morning, a loss of respect from the people. A loss of respect from the people. Verse 30. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war, and so it was, whenever they went out, that David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul, so that his name became highly esteemed. The people start looking to David and not Saul for leadership. Oh, hear me this morning. Position is the lowest level of leadership. You can have the position and still not be in charge. You can have the position and still not be the leader because people follow true leaders, not just people that have the position. And because of Saul's actions and reactions, he begins to lose the respect of the people. And friend, when a leader begins to lose the respect of the people, a a leader is on his way down. The consequences for insecurity, first of all, a loss of respect from the people. Number two, a loss of relationship with other leaders. 
A loss of relationship with other leaders. As you read the next few chapters, you will see that Saul begins to lose the respect of some of his leaders. And David begins to gain their respect. And if you'll read the story, you'll find that even Saul's son, Jonathan, aligns himself not with Saul, but aligns himself with David. Because of the way an insecure leader treats those who uh, serve with him, especially those that he might become jealous of, insecure leaders will lose their relationship with other leaders. And the third one this morning is a relentless pursuit to destroy others. A relentless pursuit to destroy others. If Saul can't be number one in the eyes of the people, he will seek to bring down the one that they are looking to. You see, insecure people, instead oh, of trying to ascend oh, to the height of the other leaders, insecure leader will seek to drag down to their level those that are above them. Insecure people try to destroy the respect and the reputation of people who have more or who are doing more than they are. Amen? Talking about insecurity today. We talked about the causes, talked a little bit about the characteristics, talked about the consequences. The fourth thing I want to talk about this morning, that is the choice. Insecurity is a choice. You might think, well, why in the world would anybody choose insecurity? You might say, Pastor, I I have no choice. I'm insecure because of the circumstances of my life. Pastor, if you only knew my past. I was raped or I was molested or I was abused or I failed or I wasn't affirmed or if you only, if if you only knew my past or others might say pastor but if if you only knew my present i come in here and I sing a good song, I put on my smiley face and I put on a good show, but if you only knew what was really happening and what was really going on on the inside of me, if you only knew what was going on in the present pastor i lost my job Pastor, I filed bankruptcy, or I just got diagnosed with cancer, or I'm going through a divorce, or Pastor, if you only, I'm not telling you everything, Pastor, if you only knew what was happening, what was going on in the present, you would understand my insecurity. And please this morning know that I'm not being unsympathetic to your situation. And yet the truth remains, others others have faced what you are facing today. Oh, others have gone through what you have gone through in the past, and much, much more. And yet they are not battling insecurity. Because insecurity is a choice that we make. Hear me this morning, all of us face it, but not all of us embrace it. I said all of us face it, but not all of us embrace it. And although this morning you might have a host of reasons to be insecure, let me tell you on the other hand this morning that you also have a host of reasons why you should not be insecure. 
Let me just give you a few real quickly this morning. Oh, I'm not insecure this morning because, first of all, I've got a Savior to save me. A Savior to save me. Friend, when it gets down to the bottom line, all that really matters in life is whether we are saved or whether we are lost. One hundred years from now, it will not matter whether you were rich or whether you were poor, whether you were loved or whether you were unloved, whether you were white collar or blue collar, whether you were president or peasant, whether you were revered or repulsed, whether you were red, yellow, black or white, polka dot or pinstripe. A hundred years from now, it won't matter. A hundred years from now, it will not matter what house you lived in. It will not matter what car that you drove. It will not matter what country club memberships you you held. It will not matter who your friends were. One hundred years from now, the only thing that will matter in that is, are we saved or are we lost? Are we in heaven or are we in hell? And so this morning, why should we embrace insecurity? Because we've got a Savior to save us. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe upon Him would not perish but have everlasting life and what God could never or what we man could never ever do for himself God did for him on the cross I'm not insecure today because I've got a savior to save me why should I be insecure today not only do we have a savior to save us number two we have scripture to steer us scripture to steer us all the scripture is our manual for life Oh, we've talked about it before. Just as the automaker of a car provides an owner's manual that tells the owner how to operate and maintain the car for maximum efficiency and longevity, so the Word of God contains within its pages everything we need to know to live our lives to maximum effectiveness and fulfillment. And if we would only understand when God says, Thou shalt not, He's simply telling us, Do ourselves no harm. And when He tells us in His Word, Thou shalt, He's simply telling us to be blessed. Why? Should I embrace insecurity? I've got a Savior to save me. I've got the Scripture to steer me. And number three, I've got the saints to support me. We're not in this thing alone. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, God comforts us in all of our tribulation so that we may be able to comfort those who are in trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves have been comforted by God. I refuse to live a life of insecurity. Amen. When I have the saints to support me. One of my favorite uh, stories that I love to tell is the story of the little boy that became very uh, afraid and fearful in the middle of the night when the thunderstorm came up and he comes into mom and dad's room and he's crying and he asks, can I, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid of the storm. Can I, can I please come in here and sleep with you? And daddy said, oh son, don't be afraid. Go back into your bedroom, into your own bed and Jesus will be in there with you. And the little boy and little boy's wisdom said, but daddy, right now, I need someone with skin on. Oh, I want to tell you, God knew that we would need somebody with skin on. And so He gave us the saints of God to walk with us, to fellowship with. Amen. To help us, to lead us, and direct us, and to guide us. Friend, why should I be insecure when I've got a Savior to save me and Scriptures to steer me and saints to support me and, and I've got the Spirit to sustain me? John 14, 16, and 17, I'll pray the Father, Jesus said, He'll give you another helper that He may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. Oh, but you know Him and He will dwell with you and will be in 
you. And Romans 8 and 26, the Spirit helps our weaknesses because we do not know how to pray as we ought. But the Spirit Himself makes intercession for us according to the will of God. Oh, hear me this morning, people of God. We can depend upon ourselves, which ultimately lead us to failure, which will bring with it insecurity. Or we can rely on the Savior, and we can rely on the Scripture, and we can rely on the saints, and we can rely on the Spirit. I don't know about you, but I refuse to live a life of insecurity. Oh, thank God for His security today. You see, without Him, we're insecure. Through Him and only through Him do we enjoy security. All right, we've talked about the cause. We've talked about uh, some characteristics, some consequences. we talked about the choice. Let's talk finally about the cure. What is the cure for insecurity? And the cure is faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, God's hall of fame of faith. The common denominator for every single person mentioned here is faith. They weren't perfect, and yet every single one mentioned here were people of faith. Now, every single one of them in their own right and in their own story had within themselves the right to fail through insecurity, and yet each one were victorious through faith. Hebrews 11.39 said, all, say all, all these having obtained a good testimony through faith, through faith. You see, the secure person is a person of faith. The insecure are faithless. Now, am I, am I talking about perfect faith? Of course not. Nobody, nobody has perfect faith. Peter walked on the water. No one else ever walked on the water except Christ. Peter walked on the water, but he also got a mouthful of water when his faith wavered. Elijah, oh, God's man of faith and power for the hour. Oh, he stood boldly through faith before 850 of Queen Jezzy's prophets on Mount Carmel. But he also took off running when his faith wavered after Oh, Queen Jessie sent him a threatening email. Now, talking about perfect faith. The cure for insecurity is faith this morning. Write this down this morning. We don't get our security in who we are. We don't get our security in who we are. We get our security in whose we are. In whose we are. And my Bible tells me that greater is he that is within me than he that is within the world. And my Bible tells me that I'm the head and I'm not the tail. That I'm above and I'm not beneath. My Bible tells me that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Oh, my Bible tells me that God always leads me into triumph through Christ Jesus. Oh, my Bible tells me that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Oh, in light of these scriptures and a host of others this morning, how in the world can I walk around defeated? How can I live a life of insecurity? Let me remind you again, our security doesn't come from who we are. Whose we are. If I could get the worship team back in place this morning, if I could get the prayer team in place this morning, about five stretched out in front of this one section, not a step further to the right or the left of this middle section, please, prayer ministers. 
Perhaps you're here today and, and you have battled insecurity. Maybe you've battled insecurity your entire life. Insecurity has had a negative effect on every aspect of your life. I believe it's time to break this insecurity from off of your life today. I believe it's time that you drew a line in the sand and said enough is enough. We're going to pray for you. We're going to believe God with you today. But friend, the bottom line is it becomes a matter of choice to choose the insecurity of self and this old world or the security that comes from God. One of our own kids, one of our own kids that went through our college ministry, Stephanie, is in the Sudan, in Africa, one of the most Uh, a place that's uh, very unsafe for an American to be. Very volatile place. Very dangerous place. Especially for a young single lady like her. But I want to tell you today that she is more secure in the Sudan in the will of God than she would be in the most safest place in America outside the will of God. You can try and figure things out yourself and do things within yourself. Try and handle everything on your own. And you'll live a life of insecurity. Or you can choose by faith to have the security that comes only through God. Your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today. This understands a little bit different this morning. Never have ever in my whole ministry in 37 years ever preached on this subject before. But I believe and I I don't even have to be super spiritual this morning. I just know because of the law of averages. And because I know people. There's a segment of people in this room this morning. You're facing this and have faced this your entire life. It's time to draw the line in the sand. It's time to say enough's enough. It's a time to make the choice. I've got the Savior to save me. I've got the Scriptures to steer me. I've got the saints. I've got the Spirit. I choose this morning be secure in the Lord. If you're here this morning and this word is spoken to your heart this morning, these altar workers are here and they're in place now. One has already responded. There's a host of people that need to respond today. If you're ready to cast that off this morning and walk out of here this morning with the security that comes only in God. If it's you today, if the Spirit of God is dealing with you and talking to you this morning, if this message has been directed to you today and you want help today and you want someone to join with you today, these altars are open. I want you to come this morning and let someone pray with you today. Amen. Real quickly this morning, would you respond? I know this is a little harder to respond to than others, but just be obedient to God. I know God will help you. Amen. God bless you. There are others that need to come this morning. 
There are others today that need help today. There are others that need prayer. There are others today that need to respond. There are others today that need to be set free today. Need to be set free today so that you can enjoy the security of the confidence that comes by faith, by walking with God, walking with you. There's not just two this morning. There might be 20 this morning in this room this morning that need to respond.